0: Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Uh, Welcome all of you this morning. Greet you in the awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on this Monday morning. Amen. December the 6th, 2021. Excited. This morning about being here this morning, gathering together with the saints of God this morning and our broader audience this morning out there that is chiming in, whether that be via podcast PodBeam, beam, uh, however you are, are chiming in and connecting in with us this morning. We just thank God for you this morning. Amen. Pray and hope something be said this morning that can enlighten you a little bit more in your spiritual walk, can help you this morning to come to a decision. Amen. To serve the Lord. Amen. Especially during this great hour of darkness that is upon the land and gross darkness seem to be on the people. But we're praying for to God for a breakthrough this morning as we publish these revelations of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, these things that were written for our learning this morning, that we may know him, amen, that we only have eternal life and salvation through Jesus Christ, amen, that none will perish for lack of knowledge, because we're teaching and publishing the revelations of Jesus Christ for our benefit this morning, that God might be glorified, amen, and so we thank God this morning for ears to hear, so let's get into the word this morning, amen, we just thank God for the opportunity to learn, his word and grow in his wisdom and knowledge together this morning. Thank God for feeding our spirit this morning. Thank God for renewing our minds this morning. We just thank God this morning. I have so much to be thankful for. So we give Him praise this morning for this Monday morning, creating a prayer culture for God, Bible study and prayer this morning. Uh, I'm your host this morning, Pastor Sharon and I, this morning, Pastor Lester Sharon Hazen. New Freedom Christian Ministry. We know we're joined this morning by a very armed, powerful two young speakers, pastors who spoke the word yesterday, pastors Eric and Phoebe Davis from More Than Conquers Warriors Christ Ministry. Awesome praise and worship, and it just flowed right on over into the word, and we thank God this morning that the world is better because the word went out, was published, and posted yesterday for anyone out there, amen, in the universe can tap in and receive a universal message that's the same across the board for a lot of everybody. So we thank God for that. Amen. As we come now, amen to open up the word of the Lord this morning, let's pray. Abba father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debt and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil for thine is your kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Now, Holy Spirit, we ask you to have your way this morning. We ask you to bring back to our remembrance. We ask you to use our tongues, our voice this morning, our ears, our very life this morning, hey, our experiences, hey, our the wisdom that we receive received through those experiences to just bring forth the revelations of Jesus Christ this morning that he might be glorified. This is our prayer this morning, amen. Thank you, God, for what you've already done, doing, and going to do this morning. We embrace this teaching, this truth this morning, Lord God. We take ownership of it, and we thank you for it right now, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right then, again, I'm Pastor Lester Hayes this morning, and uh, we're going to be this morning studying amen our our subject has not changed it remains the same we're talking about the revelation of jesus christ amen that's the broader uh, perspective the big umbrella that we're under this morning and have been under for a while and we've been dealing with the three misconceptions of man and we've also been dealing with the seven proofs that we really know God. Amen. And we've been taking these tests. Amen. And we're on test number six right now, learning how to let that message stay in us. Amen. Because these are trying, troubling times. And if you don't have a message, a foundation, Hey Amen. you could get sucked up in the winds of of life out there, you know, the yeah, the, the, these things out there man are real, you know, these these evil spirits we are against are real. These spiritual attacks are real. This spiritual battle and war is real, and we got to know the weapons that of our warfare that are not carnal, mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, and one of those is that offensive weapon is prayer. Uh, in, in the word of God, you know, the sword of the spirit, and we put on the belt of truth, amen, and we can fight now, amen, anything else, man, we just in a defensive posture, but some folks, man, sometimes don't know what to do, you know, they don't know how to put on the whole arm of God, and so we thank the Lord this morning for giving Paul that revelation over in the 6th chapter of the book of Ephesians where he talks about putting on the whole arm of God, the helmet of salvation, to, you know, putting on the breathplate of righteousness to ward off them fiery darts, amen, putting on the, your speech your, your, your shout with the presentation of the gospel of peace, amen, 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 and taking that sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and putting on that belt of truth, Amen. Putting on the whole armor that we may be able to stand against the wiles of the adversary, the wiles of any, everything out there, man, you know, that he can use against us. So we thank the Lord this morning that we can put on the whole arm of God. Amen. And stand firm. And if we need to move forward in advance, amen, we can take the sword of the spirit and the word of God in prayer and do exactly that. So we praise God this morning. So we're going to look this morning. Amen. In the book of first John, chapter two, uh, verse. Finish up on verse twenty six. Uh, twenty six. Yeah, I want to say, and uh, and and t- verse twenty six, and hopefully twenty seven. Uh, so we, you know, we've been talking uh, about w- what we can expect, Amen, to see in these last days, which began after Jesus Christ was crucified. He was glorified immediately. So we read, Amen, uh, to we we need to as we do examine and uh, we have been uh you know what, what's what been happening since Jesus was glorified up until this day is what we basically been wrapping our minds around and taking a good clear look at and we call these the revelation of Jesus Christ meaning what is revealed been revealed and is being revealed things that were foretold amen what is unveiled and like what is the lid has been taken off and what kind of glorious things are we realizing and seeing that We didn't know before until we learned them what are the revelations amen Uh, what are the warnings in these revelations what is the direction God has given us what is the teachings that is being made available to us what advice is being given in the in these different texts that we take on Amen? to stay within the parameters of the text and keeping everything within context Uh, what prophecies were foretold uh, uh, and are being foretold today being fulfilled today uh, what uh, will will be uh, foretold even now and, and also fulfilled, Amen. Don't need nothing new. Don't need to try to create nothing new or come up with nothing, Amen. What was foretold by the prophets, you know, it should be good in the apostles. That's the foundation amen, what saith the scripture, amen. And so we went over the warnings, amen, some lead us astray from Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We talked about with scripture references to back it up, what was documented, the spirit must be seen as our teacher. And this morning, we're going to dive a little bit deep and talk about the Holy Spirit he is called the spirit of truth amen i know we know this because we've been taught this but the scripture lets us know that he is called the spirit of truth we didn't just come up with that and say that that's what the scripture says and we have to respect him in that regard because jesus said he was going to pray to the father that he would send them a comforter you know a paracletos a helper you know to walk alongside of them even the spirit of truth and so we do respect the Holy Spirit as a third person of the Godhead, as the spirit of truth. Amen. And he is with us. He's in us. Amen. He walks alongside of us for that very reason, for the procurement of the truth, because nobody knows all the truth. What we know, we know in part. Amen. And so, you know, as 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 uh, we look at, um, amen, uh, our, our, our verses this morning that we're taking a look at, Uh, We say verse 26 and verse 27 in that chapter, amen. Let's kind of see what those verses tell us, amen, 26 and 27, amen. Well, we're still in 26, amen. And so we know that uh, verse 26, amen, kind of tells us, amen, 27. It says, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you, And ye need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no no lie. And even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. And so we understand that that anointing that is talking about here is the Holy Spirit. You know that that's 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 the spirit of God that's with us. That's God with us. Imagine well, that's the anointed one. Amen. And so as we as we realize that 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 the scripture is leading us to understand that we have the anointing, we have the Holy Spirit. He is called the Spirit of Truth. He's anointed with the truth. Amen. And when he speaks to us and reveals to us and makes known to us and calls to our remembrance, it's truth it's anointed truth amen that has so much power that it can penetrate to the very dividing of soul and spirit and bone and marrow that word is so powerful it's so quick it's impenetrable because of that anointing as that word see this in the spirit imagine this in the spirit Mm -hmm. as that word is going in as a two-edged sword amen it's the anointing on that word that's destroying the yoke as it's going in it's going right on through your thoughts your emotions, your feelings, your hurts, your aches, your pain. It's destroying all that that has a grip on you as it's penetrating. It's going right on through your feelings. It's penetrating. It's reaching all the way down into those secret compartments where we hold stuff, we hold ill feelings, we don't let go of years of stuff that somebody did with us, old offenses. You know, we say we forget, but we forgive, but we're not gonna forget. It penetrates, and as it's penetrating, Amen. It is releasing us. It's cutting those things away, and it's the anointing that's accompanying the word. That's the word is laced with that's destroying them yokes, man. As it goes down into those deep crevices of our souls and our spirits and the innermost part of our being. That's why David said, "Cause me to know." this truth, Lord God, in in my inner being and wisdom in my innermost being. You know, David wanted to be free in his soul and in his spirit down in the very crevices of his life. He knew he could fake it and make it on on the surface. He knew he could cheat and lie a little bit and think he could get away with it like a lot of human beings. But now he says, you know, Lord, hey, whatever you do, do not take your Holy Spirit. Don't take your anointing basically what he was saying because he knew man that if you take him away from me i won't be able to come up with no worship songs i won't be able lord god to, mm. you know to, to write what is deep down in my heart lord god of what you're revealing to me as a worshipper, of god I, i'll lose all of that i'll miss all of that but if you can get in there lord and cut away all this junk by recreating in me a, a new a clean heart and renewing within me a right spirit you know you know a right spirit the holy spirit you know you're coming in, in a, our spirit coming in agreement with his spirit you know know, and he can go in there and do that work that needs to be done so that we have a clean heart and a renewed spirit, a steadfast spirit, amen. And so let's look at, man, okay, what the word is saying as the Holy Spirit, he is called the spirit of truth. What is being said about that, amen. Let's take it to another level. In the book of John chapter 14, verse 17, the King James Bible says, even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not. Hmm. Interesting. Neither knoweth him, because ye know him, he, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Now, I, I, I like it when he said, and ye know him, because he liveth and dwelleth in you. So he's speaking right there to his people, people that are already saved, yes. people who are already baptized in the Holy Ghost. He takes you to another level now, amen, of truth. You know, the Holy Spirit now is revealing more of what he knows to us. And there's going to be more revealed in the future because that's why he's left with us. As we go forth, he's going to make more things known to us. He's going to bring more things that were already taught, foretold, remember, back to our remembrance, So we don't have to sweat bullets when we're going through a trial or a tribulation. I think we heard that yesterday. As Sharon was talking, and we just learned to wait on the Lord, occupy till He comes. Occupy your mind with these with these with these words, these, these these teachings right here. Occupy your mind and your spirit and your soul with these revelations right here. Remembering that the Holy Spirit, He is the Spirit of Truth, and He's the Paracletos that's walking alongside of us. He's also inside of us. Okay, he's over us, he's all around us, he's omnipresent, so we're never going to be out of the presence of the Lord. This is why David sought so much in the face of God. He said, Whatever you do, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me. I will be doomed on this earth, I'll be doomed as the king of it if you take your Holy Spirit. I'll never win another war, I'll be defeated, Lord, if you remove your Holy Spirit from me. David sought God for the things that were so necessary yeah. for his spiritual survival more than his physical survival. Because he knew there was a relationship and a connection to his physical revival. If I get my spiritual revival stuff right, if I get rid of all these bad things that I've done, if I can get God to forgive me and get back to that right where I'm, I'm, where I'm going to be looking at myself as the chosen of God. You know, after God's own heart, David knew he had missed the Mark and he was repenting, man. He was doing everything he could to try to get back to that place where he had fallen from. Amen. There is such a place, amen, of restoration, you know, that, that God is faithful and just to forgive you. If you ask him and cleanse you of all your unrighteousness, he'll renew your mind. He'll renew your spirit. He'll put you back in right standing. That's the power of repentance. That's why David taught, was teaching us through the psalm how to live a repentant life how to worship God, amen, for he can forgive us of our sins and cleanse us of our unrighteousness. You know, David said, know you that it is he that created you. We didn't create ourselves. We are the sheep of his pastor. Even sometimes we do dumb things like sheep. This is why we need that shepherd, man. Always, we need his counsel. We need him. And he has made sure that we have access to him by leaving, amen, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth with us to remind us and to walk alongside of us when we need to be convicted. Believe me, the Holy Spirit will convict us. We're not super, but he, will, he is the only one that's supernatural. We're not supernatural. You know, there are limits to what we can do. I know we say we can do all things through Christ that strengthen us. But there is a limit to the things that you can do. You know, there's the, what he's saying is you can do all the things that with, that's within your spirit to do. But there are some things that we cannot do. Supernatural things we cannot do. Miracles we cannot perform. You know, so there's that level of things that we can do as human beings. We can do all those things through Christ who strengthened us. But when it gets to those things, that those works that only God can do, he said, as he was telling he was telling the disciples, man, who thought they could do everything, In in the book of Mark chapter 10, verse 27, the King James Bible, you might want to check it out. They was having a conversation and discussion about things. And he said, look, these things are impossible with man, but they are possible with God. You know, there's some things you know that that's, that's only possible with God and through God. And since we have God in us and with us, the Bible says, "Great is He that is in us, than He that's in the world." We have to look to Him, the Author, Finisher, the develop by faith, to do the supernatural, to do the miraculous. You know, He He it's, it's easy for God to do miracles. It's easy for God to do signs and wonders because He's God. He knows the ins and outs. He knows everything, and plus, He's got all the power. The earth it belongs to Him. The fullness thereof, they that dwell therein. Everything belongs to him. Even the heart of the king is in his hand. He turned it whichever way he will. If he want to take one down, he can take him down. If he want to elevate another one, God can do it. He said, hey, look, if, you, if, if I heal you, heal. If I save you, save. You know, am I your praise? What else do I have to do to get you to praise me, to get you to worship me, to get you to serve me, to get you to honor me? Everything out there that have breath ought to praise me, you know. And so he goes on to tell us right there reason why even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he said, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And that's in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 17, the King James Bible. I repeat it again because I want you to know when you go forth, you're not, as a, as, a, as a believer, as a born-again, spirit-filled, sealed, healed, victorious believer, you're not by yourself. There's one that walks alongside of you. There's also the same one on the inside of you. And when you don't know how to pray as you are, just remember in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse, 27, verse 26 uh, through 27, it says, hey, he searches our infirmities he 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 helps us to pray as we ought to pray because we don't know how to pray as we should you know he makes those intercessions with groanings and moanings you know utterances you know that we can't give voice to you know but he moans and groans everything out there you know every creature you know and the holy spirit is discerning those things for us and he's praying according to the will of god because he knows the will of God concerning us. Amen. And then we go on over to the book of, of, of John uh, chapter 15, verse 26, just another verse, uh, chapter over. And it says this, it says, but when the comforter is come, and that's a capital comforter, that C is capital. So that means he's talking about the same spirit of truth. Amen. And now he's a comforter. Another one of his functions is come whom I will send you from the Father, and that's capital there, so that's not your earthly father, it's about our heavenly father, even the spirit of truth. Another reminder now, he's building on what has already been said. Notice John has not changed the message from one chapter to the next chapter, but why is that so, Pastor? He's building, he's constantly building, he's taking us higher. You know, he's opening up our understanding more, he's letting us know now there are some other functions, there are some other attributes that you need to be familiar with about the Holy Spirit. Mm. The spirit of truth that's with us. Amen. He's placing some more value, and some more stock in him. He says spirit of truth, which proceeded from the father. There's that capital F again, talking about the heavenly father coming down from above. He says, and he shall testify of me. He ain't going to come and talk about your best football player, basketball player. He ain't going to come talking about King James, the greatest basketball player, Michael Jordan. He's going to talk about himself who's greater than any of that. He is the preeminent one. He's the one before all time. Okay, on the begin on earth, he, you know, he's preeminent. You know, he's 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 all powerful. He's all knowing. He's all present. You know, he's all benevolent, all loving. Nobody like God can be compared to God. No earthly king. He's greater. You know, and so he's he's letting you know that's who you that's who we're talking about there, and and that's the one that's gonna comfort you and and help you. Amen. And he goes on to say in the next chapter, let's see how he's still building this case about the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth. He says in the book of John chapter 16, verse 13, the King James Bible, this is still John building this case, laying these blocks, these spiritual blocks, building our faith in him that is with us now. He says, how be it when he, talking about the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you or us. So there's another aspect of who he is. He functions as a guide to us. He said he will guide you into what? Some truth. No, he said all truth. Amen. So if you need to know all the truth about Jesus Christ so you can prove that you know him, trust the Holy Spirit to reveal it to you. That's one of his functions and roles being alongside of us. When I run into that moment where there's a lie (coughs) that's tempting me, or I got an opportunity to cheat a little bit here. Got an opportunity to do a little something, something that nobody know about here and get away with it. Mm. You know, take a risk or a chance here. Look at what he said. He'll guide you into all truth. He'll guide you away from it. He'll steer you away from it. But you got to trust that he's there. You got to know going in the Holy Spirit, even though I don't physically see him, I have to acknowledge that he's there. And I'm not going to get away with this and just don't do it. Change your mind. You know, it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. When you try to do it in your own strength and might, that's why you got to trust him. You got to trust him. You know, he He documenting, he's seeing, you know, and you can repent, you know, for, for that and, and God will forgive you. But it's even better sometimes to practice some abstinence and not even do it. Then you don't have to worry about it. And that pleases God. He says, but he will guide you into all truth. He shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. So as God gives it to him to give to us, and now it's up to us what we do with it. Yes. So if I am shown by the Father through the Son, through the Holy Spirit, what is to come, why am I acting dumb? You know, he said, my people perish for what? A lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. They're acting dumb. They, act like they don't know. Why don't they know? Because they don't have knowledge that's coming down from the Father, mm-hmm. through the Son, and through the Holy Spirit. You know, and there's, there's teachers that out there, after, pastors that after God's own heart. There's a pop, But there's there's word right here of truth that's been already foretold to us. So we shouldn't be doing dumb things intentionally. You know, and people do. And I'm not knocking anyone out there. I'm just simply saying, this is the cause of your problems. This is the cause of your dumbness. And your stupidity and your bad choices and your uninformed risk you take, it's because you don't know what to do, you don't know what you don't know what to do spiritually legally you know and and even and and even with that, you got to obey the laws of the land too, you know, so you know so you can't just be wild and ignorant and dumb out here, but there's a lot of people who are going that they believe that they're they're wiser, they're smarter than the law out there. You know, they think because they got a couple of guns and all that, they can shoot their way out of a, you know, out of a robbery, out of whatever. Mm -hmm. See, that's the trick of the enemy. Got their minds so confused, they think that they can do that. And here's what gets me. And they think they can play on the ignorance of those authorities out there. Well, you know, I throw their hands up. They done killed 25 people. Now they're throwing their hands up because they don't want to be killed. So they're not as dumb as people think they are. They're just ignorant to know that there are consequences for those actions and behavior. And we got to get more stricter with those consequences because that'll deter others from thinking they can do it and get away with it because they're looking at how many have done it and got away with it. See, that's the ignorance of our law. And our law is supposed to be there for lawbreakers, offenders of the law. Well, let's, let's, let's make it work for that in hopes that it'll deter others because Jesus already said, we got to, we got to adhere to the laws of the land. So Jesus is on the side of the law when it's enforced. You know? and, if, and, if you, and if you break any part of the law, you've broken the whole law. you know. No one's above it. You know? So why have laws that we're not going universally enforce them? That's what Jesus said. His message is universal. So he's telling everybody out there, you have to adhere to the laws of the land. He ain't making no exception because you're 15 or 13 or 14 and you killed somebody. Didn't, he didn't get into that specificity of that level of detail. Why? It's universal for everybody. You live by the sword. The scripture says you die by the sword. You know, you go out there and you do it. You, you know, you do the crime. You earn the time. But we have to have, you know, people in position of authority enforcing the law to enforce them fairly across the board. And so he says to us, though, look here, you know, uh, you, you, you have the spirit of truth with you. And so you go by what he's hearing and speaking and uh, he'll show you things to come. We don't have to be unprepared. We can be ready. If he were to come tomorrow, we'll be ready. This is all about, as we often say, more preparation for what is to come. Because there is that day suddenly that's coming, you know. And as we look out on the fields, he said they are white with plenty. We see it every day. We look at the news and we hear something. We see that the fields are white. The harvest is white. The fields are white with harvest. but well, plenty out there. Plenty of work to be done. This is why we have to let that light shine in us. Be ready, man, to share that message that, we, that, we, that, that is still in us. It's the truth. The only thing that's going to make people free is the truth. Is the truth. And that's what God is calling for, truth bearers. you know, People that will tell the truth. Speak it in love without compromise. Not so much your title, but the truth that's in you. Sometimes people think, you know, just because you tell people you're a pastor, they're going to automatically do the right thing. Sometimes they look at you like you're crazy. Why? Because they've had a bad experience with a pastor or somebody in leadership or somebody. Church has hurt a lot of people, y'all. Church have hurt a lot of people. I've learned some things from people through the way I do ministry, the way we do ministry, that it has hurt some people. You know, you know, you know. And it's because they could not handle the truth. And maybe I didn't do it the way they wanted me to do it. You know, Jesus said, if you try to live godly, you're going to suffer persecution. I'm not mad at them. I know one thing, that when they left and hurt, they took the word with them. Because that's what we gave them. And that seed is there. It, that seed is, 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 is not coming back void. You know, that, that seed is still going to have to deal with that word. It's still going to have to deal with that seed because that word is it's not coming back void. I don't know when. I don't know where, what it's going to take. But I know in 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 their feelings being hurt, they also took the word of God, which gives life. It brings healing. It can free you, you know. But that's their decision, whoever they they are, you know. And sometimes we hate to see them go. You know, you can only apologize to them so much. Sorry you feel that way. But the truth is, you know, check out the language. Sorry you feel that way. Listen to that. Sorry you feel that way. Why? Because you recognize they're in their feelings. Mm. You know, and you, you have to respect that. You don't have to agree with it. Sorry you feel that way. You know. But I respect your right to choose. Love you. God bless you. We're praying for you. You know, shake the dust and keep it moving. And so, because we got the Holy Spirit helping us, man, you know, amen, in all situations and circumstances. Then we go on to see here in the book of 1 John, chapter 4, verse 6 of the King James Bible. It says, we are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. And he that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So you can't know the spirit of truth without knowing the spirit of error. Notice the order in which he said we didn't know these things. A lot of people learn truth by committing errors. And then if they're not too proud, they'll realize that was my fault. But it's safer, okay, for a saint to know the truth so that you can spot your errors before you commit them. Remember what he said, I'm gonna show you things to come? Mm -hmm. And some people ignore the warning and go ahead and do it anyway, because they feel like they can get away with it. They feel like, and 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 I'm gonna say this, because Christians, I know some that are notorious for doing this, and I've had conversation. Well, God's nature, God is just too good to, to, to do that. And you try to sit there, man, and not debate and argue with them, but to try to clarify to them, even God chasing those whom he loved. Yes, yes, yes. There are consequences. He might, he might free you, deliver you, but you're going to deal with them consequences you yes, created. Right. And see, I know this from personal experience, you know. And sometimes it's a hard case to make with people because they already got it figured out in their mind. All I got to do is I do it, ask God to forgive me. Well, you might die in doing it and didn't get to ask God because the ways of sin is death to get to God the eternal life. So we have mm-hmm. to shed some light on these things to people that it's not, it ain't, God ain't nothing to play with. Don't joke around with God. The Bible says that God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone with evil. God is a tester of our faith that we can be found faithful. Yes, yes. The enemy is the one that comes and try to deceive you, you know, with temptation. And he loved to use the lust of our pride of life, lust of the flesh, and the truth sometimes. He'll try to take the truth and add a little something to it, you know. You know, you know. He's going to do whatever he can do to get you to doubt God. Try to get Job to curse God and die. Job said, though he's a slave, man, I'm going to serve him, I'm going to trust him. And so, you know, we deal with the same thing in, this, in the world, you know. But we're not to be of the world or love the things of the world. And we know what they are, lust of the eye, pride of life, lust of the flesh. These are the weapons that the enemy uses against God's people. Try to tempt them, snare them, trick them, get them bound all up so he can come and take them as his prey and do whatever else he wants to do and finish what he started with them, which is to kill still and destroy them. But Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. It's not my will. You know, not my will. My will is that you repent, you know, and be saved. Yes. Because I, you know, I want souls to be saved. Well, let's go a little further here in the book of john chapter five so you see the progression here as john went through john 14 15 16 to make the case about the holy spirit being the spirit of truth now you see john's writing here in in the book of so first john he's now chapter four let's go a little further and see what he says in chapter five verse six king James bible he says this is he that come by that came by water and by and blood even Jesus Christ, not by water on it, but by water in blood, and it is the Spirit that bear witness because the Spirit is truth, so we know now Jesus Christ had a miraculous birth, yeah, Mary's water did break, okay, you know, and so we know that he 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 did there was blood, amen shed on the cross. So he he did shed some blood after he was born. You know, he was also baptized. So every 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 part of his life naturally that we go through, Jesus went through. But the thing about it is his conception was of the Holy Spirit. So he didn't he didn't omit anything. He came and was born the same way we were. He went through all of that. So nobody can say well, you know, he he God allowed him to him to you know circumvent suffering. No, the Bible said he came and was born just like a, a man, just like a child, but he was only conceived of the Holy Ghost, though. So he didn't have no human blood in him, no human nothing in him. You know, even though he was a, a, a son of man, you know, he went through everything that we were gonna go through as a son of man, conceived by the Holy Spirit. He had no human blood in him. But he had blood in him. We saw it on the cross. you got to remember where that blood came from. That was was uncontaminated blood. That was pure blood. That was powerful blood of the highest form. But he was a man with that, possessed that. It came straight from the Father because of the purpose that uh, a child was born, a son was given. He was conceived of the Holy Ghost. Amazing, just the thought of it. He, didn't, he wasn't exempt. He went through everything, the suffering, every level of suffering, every type of suffering. You know, they beat him. He hurt like anybody else. You know, they nailed nails through his hands and feet, pierced him in the side, out came water and blood. He was born of that. To show people that was looking. What's inside of me is the same thing in you. Water and blood came out. So he's born of water and blood. Now you see. The blood, you see the you see the proof of it on the cross before he said it was finished. probably one of the last acts right there. You know. And told Thomas too, stick your hand in here, man, and prove, you know, he, he stuck it, he saw them holes in his side, he saw that his flesh would have you know, he saw it. Probably saw some evidence of blood in those wounds. You know. And so he was saying, I, I would I was not exempt. And John calls our remembrance to it. He said, We are of God. He that knoweth uh, God, hear it. Uh, well, I'm, let me go right down to five. He This is He that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ that was on that cross when they pierced him, not by water only, but uh, but by but he said, by water and blood, and it is the Spirit that beareth witness. Okay, and so the Spirit of Christ. That Mary was uh, impregnated by, bear witness of that. Why? He let him become an open spectacle for everybody. And he said, There ain't no beauty that you should desire of him. See, the Holy Spirit is letting them be around that cross, witnessing that. You know, witnessing that. Not even from the day, I guess the most beautiful thing about Jesus was when they went and saw him in that manger. From that point, man, his life was like something. Took on a whole nother form of just suffering, you know, suffering, you know, or being prepared for suffering because he spent some time learning his faith, learning the things he was going to have to suffer, you know, for the sake of the gospel. I can just imagine how that weighed on his mind that when he was sitting there in the temple at 12 years old, learning under those people, I believe those teachers, those scholars, I believe they were telling him what the prophets had said about him about the child, I believe they was prophesying what was going to happen to Jesus, and Jesus is hearing what's going to happen to him, but he already had this knowledge that he came with. And to hear them teaching about it, telling about it, and you sitting there learning about it, and now you're getting ready to walk in and then go forth in it. I can just imagine the mental anguish that was on his mind. That's why when he went in the garden, he said, Father, if it be thy will, take this bitter cup. See, he was aware of that bitter cup, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will. He had grown to understand the task that was before him. And it was not pleasant when you're dealing with people that is abusing you, denying you, betraying you, rejecting you, that say they love you. I believe that was a greater struggle than the blood and water that came out of his side when he was pierced. I believe it was because he had prepared himself and he understood his own crucifixion. That look here, you're not going to take my life. I'm going to willingly lay it down out of obedience to my father. I believe that was the most soothing thought for Jesus is it knows that I'm doing this to please my Father. And when I finish this, when I announce Father is finished, I've done the work you sent me to do, I just believe He knew I'm going to be glorified back to you. Because mm-hmm. I believe the Spirit was constantly reminding Him. Remember the Spirit of truth? He had the Spirit of truth. Remember when John baptized Him in the book of Matthew, chapter 3, chapter? He said, Father said, this is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Bible said right away, immediately he was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit, and he was full of power. So I don't care what they did to him after that, man. He had the power to endure it and go through it. And the Spirit, bear witness, Mm. came on him like a dove-like figure. Boom. Out of the water he came up. Down came the dove-like figure, symbolizing the Holy Spirit of the Father with approval of his Son. Oh, he's ready now. That bitter cup, man, was about to be passed. He had drank it, man. You know, he was tempted in everything we were tempted in. So let's go a little further. So John is just bearing record here, you know, in the fifth chapter. And let's go down to this, to uh, 1 John chapter 2, verse 27. And uh, we're going to bring it in right here for this morning. Um, He says, but the anointing which ye have received of him abideth in you. And ye need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, ye shall abide in him. Now, as I close, let me make this statement. I love this verse of scripture. Because if you understand what we just got through talking about, about Jesus, okay, having the spirit to bear record. If you think about the 33 and a half years Jesus was on this earth, Everything that he was going to require John to write for us to remember to prove that we know him, he demonstrated it. He demonstrated it. It was the anointing of the father that was on his son as the son of man that allowed him from the time he was conceived by the Holy Spirit to walk in a level of truth all the way from the beginning to the end. There was no lie found in anything that he did. He was the real deal. And it was the anointing that was on his life that allowed him, man, to just continue to do through suffering, through persecution, you know, through betrayal, all the way to the very end of his life. And it's the same thing he's telling us. Once you enter into this life and this relationship with Jesus Christ, you are not alone. The suffering is going to be there because our Savior suffered, you know. The persecution is going to be there because they who try to live for him are going to be persecuted. But you have to remember, there is an anointing that comes from the Father that abides on those who follow him, you know, through these trials, through these tribulations, just like it was with the Savior. This is why Jesus said, the word says in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 17, the King James Bible, and you can verify this documented, as he is, so are we in the earth long as we're in the earth, we're going to suffer trials and tribulations and persecutions. But we have to depend on the anointing. And the anointing is not some feeling. The anointing is we have the spirit of truth in us. He's alongside of us. He reminds us. He shows us. He helps us. He guides us. He comforts us. Just like he did Jesus. Just like he did Jesus. And we have the same help available to us today through the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit. It's not just some figment of our imagination, you know. He's not some Pentecost character. He is the third person of the Godhead body. And the Bible says the Father sent him to us as his promise to be with us, never leave us, never forsake us, no matter what we do, what we go through, how we suffer, We have to always remember the anointing of God is still with us. As long as our faith is in Jesus Christ, as long as we're in that relationship with him and we don't violate that relationship, the same things that were available with Jesus, they may be bitter sometimes, but they can be bittersweet too. It's because the Father is with us and if he's with us, the anointing is with us. It's not your anointing or my anointing. It's his anointing, the same anointing that was on Jesus. Because he depended on the Father. The same anointing got to be on us because we depend on him. Or the Father through him. And we have a helper with us, a comforter, Even the spirit of truth. All right then, we're going to end right there this morning and start our comments. Amen. We'll open it up for comments. We'll start with Pastor Sharon. Amen. It's followed by Pastor Eric and Pastor Phoebe and so on. We'll Praise the Lord.